The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the world. We've been waiting for you. What's right with you? How do you find out? How can you improve your finances, health, relationships, business, and more? Welcome to the Access Consciousness Radio Show. We'll help you find that awareness with tools that actually work. Now, here are your hosts, the founders of Access Consciousness, Gary Douglas and Dr. Dane Here. Welcome to Hi, everybody. It's Gary, and Dr. Dane is in Mumbai, India, and it's like, uh, let's see, I think it's about 2.30 in the morning there, so he's not going to be joining us today, but as special guests, I have uh, Steve and Chutissa Bowman who are going to have a conversation with me, and welcome, Steve and Chutissa, and they're in Australia. Why, good morning, everyone from Australia, or evening, wherever else you are in the world. Hi, Gary. Good morning, How you Gary. doing, Steve? How you doing, Chutissa? Hey, uh, so I just want to apologize. I'm actually on a cell phone doing this call today because I was bad, and I went out and had lunch with two beautiful women. It was terrible, but I enjoyed it. And uh, so I, you know, it's like I ended up not getting back to my hotel in time to get on to the Skype in order to be able to do this. So I apologize if things are a little shaky or not quite right, but I will do my best to keep things going. So today's conversation is really about benevolent capitalism. And for all of you who are interested, benevolent capitalism is a way of looking at how to create money from a different point of view. And uh, Stephen Chikissa and, and uh, I are doing a, what are we doing, a Google Hangout? Is that what it's called? Google Hangout, that's right. And that's in about an hour, in about uh, two hours' time. Yeah, about two hours' time, we're going to do that. And it's going to be, for six months, we're going to give, you know, freebies for everybody. And then after that, you have to sign up if you want more. But it's like we really would like all of you to have the opportunity to learn a little bit about how to create money from a different point of view. So it's like this all started from a conversation that Steve and Chidissa and I had at a lunch in, uh, where were we, Malulabar? In Venice. In Venice. Oh, yeah, it was in Venice. I forgot. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's like, we have lunch everywhere. And so we were in Venice, and we were talking about this. And, you know, Chutissa asked me the question. I said, you know, people need to learn how to do benevolent capitalism. And she goes, what is that? And what did I tell you, Chutissa? That uh, the world needs a different way of doing things, different way of looking at how capital, capitalism should be functioning. It's not working anymore. And if we still keep on doing the business the way we are doing, the world's not going to be livable anymore. Exactly. And that's the thing that, you know, it, it strikes me. It's like, you know, like socialism has not worked that well. 
and which is why and communism has not worked that well, and capitalism isn't really working that well. So it's like we need to have a different way of looking at things so that unless we have a change in the way things are occurring on planet Earth, then what's going to happen is instead of it being a sustainable world, and by sustainable I don't mean like we keep it going the way it is, but sustainable means something that's actually growing to create more of itself. Uh, it's like right now we're using the Earth and we're kind of using it up. I don't know whether any of you have noticed, but we've got to have a different point of view so that there's actually a different place where, from which people can create business. So, you know, Steve, you listen to this diatribe I put on about it. What'd you get from it? Well, I mean, the thing in all of this is that capitalism has been one of the greatest generators of change in the world over, over decades, decades, millennia. Um, but we seem to have lost it in the last little while that actually it can contribute to everything, not just what people have already judged that it can contribute to. So I think the, the, the notion of benevolent capitalism, there's two words that you would never, ever otherwise find put together. And uh, one of the things that we're finding is when we're starting to change the conversation that we have with, with both corporates and senior executives, but also individuals themselves, is it starts to change the conversation about how business can and should be, and also how we can and should be as individuals. And so the explanation and the, and the exploration of what benevolent actually means and what capitalism actually means, and then the synergy of the two of them working together is what's got us very excited by this conversation that we're having now. So, Gary, what do you mean by benevolent, and what do you mean by capitalism? Well, benevolent means you do not intentionally set out to do harm. And capitalism means you're looking to see how you can create money. You're not just trying to get your share of the market, your share of the pie, your share of what happened. So it's like when you, when you look at what you create as a way of creating money for you, if you look at it from the point of view of, okay, so how can I do the least amount of harm to create the greatest result without the necessity of destroying as a, the primary motivation? Because so much of what goes on in the world is with regard to business, it's about creating from this sense that there is A, a lack, B, a competition, and C, a necessity of getting yours before somebody else does. And that would be this sort of aggressive capitalism that I see people doing. They're always trying to make sure they get their share. They're always trying to make sure they get more than what other people get. They're seldom looking to see how they can create something that will be sustainable in the long run. For me, that's very different. So, Gary, it's, um, is what you're saying that um, you know, doing no intentional harm, creating greater possibilities, and making money can all yeah. coexist together? Yeah, because it's like you need to make money. It's like, you know, it's like first of all, you've got to get the primary situation as it is. It's like without a body, you wouldn't need money. But how many people are capable of, you know, actually, uh, like, doing something on planet Earth without a body? Yet, what we keep trying to do is figure out how we're supposed to be, what we're supposed to do, 
or what's the most important thing. And we spend a lot of our time looking for how we get our share of things instead of how do we create something that's going to go on forever. If we actually look at the point of view of how do we make something go on beyond beyond this time, a different possibility would occur. So one of the things I always ask when I create anything is, if I create this, what's the world going to be like in 50 years, 100 years, and 500 years? Now, people always say to me, yeah, but you're not going to be around 500 years from now. I said, "Uh, you don't know that, nor do I. It's like reincarnation might be true. If it is, then in 500 years, am I going to be happy with what my choices are? I really would like to know that when I get into the future in 500 years, I have something to enjoy when I get here. It's not going to be something that's like everything's gone, everything's dead, everything's used up. I want to know there's a greater possibility. So for me, that's the way I look at this stuff. Yeah, that's, that's a, a, again, a different conversation that could be had both by us as individuals and also if we happen to work in any sort of uh, organization or, or business is having that conversation with our colleagues. Gary, what do you think people individually can do to start changing the conversation in the world about business and money and, and doing no intentional damage? What do you think people can start doing? Well, number one, you got to look at, okay, so what can I create here and how is this going to work for me? And it's like, and how is this going to work for everybody else? Because the thing I've noticed is most people are not willing to realize that it's like they're not, A, you're not alone. B, it's like what else can get created here? And C, where would my life be if I wasn't looking from the wrongness of it but looking for the possibility of it? And it's like if you start looking from the possibility of things, then what happens is you start looking at, okay, we know where do I want to go, what do I want to do, what is going to work for me, and it's, it's like the thing I see a whole lot of people that I deal with all the time are like trying to figure out, well, what's my purpose for living? Why am I here? What do I need to do? What am I not doing? What's wrong with me? Well, none of those are questions. Those are all those are all assumptions that there's something wrong with you, that you need to have a perspective, you need to know what you're doing, and that you know, it's like, so when do you get to choose, or when do you get to choose, if you're looking at the statement with a question mark attached? Got to have a two question. The two question is, okay, what's this going to create? And if you start looking at everything from, if I choose this, what's this going to create? And if I create this, what's the world going to be like in 50 years, 100 years, 500 years? You start having a different perspective on everything you do. Wow, okay. That's see one of the things that comes out from that is that often when, when we talk to people and, and um uh have conversations with them about you know business for example, all of a sudden everyone's judgments about what business is or isn't or should be or could be or has been or will be, all of those sort of jump in. And one of the things that I find is that having this conversation with you, Gary, is is that we can start to actually look at business now as a source of creating change. And so every time we create change, is that not a business? And if every time we have a business, we actually seek to create change, um, and with that change we have there the and doing no intentional harm and creating from the space of opportunity, is that going to start to change the conversation about capitalism, business, money, 
how we choose to be with the world. It's going to create a change in everything because the reality is, it's like, for instance, it's like uh, I got a statistic that in the UK, just, you know, England, they throw away a minimum of 150,000 cell phones a month. 150,000 cell phones. Each one of them has within it one to three dollars worth of silver solder, worth of gold, worth of precious metals. So it's like basically they're throwing away four hundred fifty thousand dollars a yeah a month on discardable items. Everybody goes, well, how are you gonna you know what are you gonna do there? Well, it's like uh, one of the things that Chutissa found. Is, which I thought was amazing, is there some kind of organic substance? Chukisa, can you talk about that, that substance that will actually take gold? They're just a, um, a mushroom kind of fungus. It's a, a, a life form fungus that they can actually put on top of this uh, board in the cell phone, and it can actually extract the gold and all the metal out of the cell phone. And then we can um, extract all these um, precious material without doing any harm or any damage uh, to the env- environment or anything else. But it is still, they couldn't find this cell phone because people are keeping them in their, um, in their house or just throwing them away in the rubbish bin. So my question then is, what can we do that will inspire people to see that by just throwing the cell phone in the rubbish bin, they're actually damaging the environment that they could return this cell phone and create greater possibility. But people are just too... Um, what's the word that would use? Set in their way. Lazy. Set in their way. Lazy. Oh, lazy. Easier lazy. Yeah. You know, it's like for me, I look at it and I go, okay, so we have all these, you know, not-for-profit you know, uh, corporations that need money to support their, their clientele and, and the people that they serve, and yet they try to talk us into giving money. But seldom do they show us a way to give something that we don't want anymore that could contribute that kind of money. It's like if you looked at, if each charity that was in, you know, a country got $450,000, you know, once a year, that would be a huge amount of money for most of them. Most of them don't make more than, what, $2 million, Steve? Yeah, exactly. You know, and they try to serve the people who need money and serve serve people who need help from that. What might I'm just wondering how we can actually um, inspire people to be willing to do that, though. It just requires people to actually return the cell phone to somewhere, and they'd rather throw it out in the rubbish bin than just walk out the street and put in the uh, you know receiver box somewhere. What needs to change? And then the other part of that is, and and what other parts are there other than cell phones? Where else do we do this in our life? Where we'd rather throw something away than look at how we can create advantage and contribution to the world from looking at it from a different point of view. Well, that's the reason we have to come to the place where we're willing to finally begin to look at having awareness as a source of creation instead of 
unawareness as a source of destruction. And it's like to do no harm is to actually be aware of everything that's possible. If we all look at everything from the point of view, what can we, you know, can we do or be, it would create greater, something greater today. From that point alone, we open the door to having the awareness of these things that could create something that would be magnificent, that would be amazing, that would be phenomenal. And we tend to, instead of doing that, we tend to go, oh, well, this doesn't matter. What if we looked at every choice we made as something that mattered in the scheme of creation? Because it's like, the truth is, it's like we create billions of things all the time. Do we acknowledge what we create? Not really. So what would, what would we have to change to get what we're capable of creating in a way in which we actually used it as creation instead of destruction? And that's the reason we're having this conversation. Thank you. Okay, we're so, one minute to a break. Yay! And I was going, I thought we needed a break. I thought we needed a break, but I was wrong. Good. So, the, you know, the, the important thing here is to recognize that it's like we are not using our levels of awareness to create this step. It's usually after the fact. I mean, if you figure that cell phones have been around for how long? Five years? Oh, uh, longer than that. Fifteen? Fifteen years? Okay. So, fifteen years times twelve is, I don't know, way too many. A lot. It's a lot. But at any rate, that amount of money has been thrown away ever since they were created. And it's like, that's a whole lot of, you know, that's a whole lot of possibility sitting in dump yards. Now, it's like for years I looked at, you know, when they have these waste dumps, I looked at them and I went, uh, wow, uh, what if we used all that to actually create the source of all the other things that we can create in life? So... On that note, we're going to go to break, and we'll be back with you shortly And on Voice America and the Access Consciousness Show. Thank you. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. What would you say if I told you that you could change your life in only one hour and all while lying down relaxing? Thousands of people all over the world have. What am I talking about? It's called Access Consciousness The Bars. The Bars is an energetic body process that contains 32 different points on your head that when run assist you in releasing decisions about any area of your life that you have made solid and as a result cannot change. The Bars is the first class in Access Consciousness a dynamic set of tools and information designed to transform any area of your life. When you have a bar session, the worst that can happen is you feel like you had a fantastic massage. The best thing that can happen is your whole life could change. Go to accessconsciousness.com today to find a facilitator to schedule a private session or to find a bars class in your area. Are you willing to give yourself an hour to change your life? When you're pondering the big questions like, is there more than this? How can I have a happy relationship? What would it take to like my body? And how do I make more money? Where do you go for information and tools? Check out the online store at accessconsciousness.com. 
AccessConsciousness.com has books, DVDs, instant video and audio downloads, online classes, and so much more. Subjects include abuse, changing your body, recovery, raising children, business techniques, tools to generate more money, how to have better sex and healthier relationships, just to name a few. At AccessConsciousness.com, you can also find facilitators who teach local classes on a variety of subjects. AccessConsciousness.com, your one-stop shop for tools to assist you in changing your life. All of life comes to us with ease, joy, and glory. Go to AccessConsciousness.com to learn more. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Access Consciousness. To join in on the discussion today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to va at accessconsciousness.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to Hello, everybody. It's Gary again with my guest, Dina Chutessa. And uh, so, what was I saying? Was I saying anything important? Oh, yeah. It's like my point of view is that, you know, the greatest, it's like I wanted to go up and buy out, you know, garbage dumps because I figured they're the greatest source of, you know, combined uh, revenue for the future that we possibly could have. Now, one of the things that's interesting, uh, there was a guy who did a, uh, uh, there was a guy who, uh, who did a, uh, uh, what you call it, a, uh, what is that stuff? Uh, he, he did, uh, he, he did an excavation like you would do for a geological dig. He did an archaeological dig in a, uh, waste dump. And what he discovered is because of the way that we pack the soil around the waste that we do, it's like the end result was that what occurred was that literally the paper that had been put in there 20, 30 years ago, was still the same suppleness that it was 20 or 30 years ago. So it's like when we went out of paper, all we got to do is go to the waste dumps. So I think it's interesting that there are so many ways in which we have taken the shortcut and the short-sighted point of view to create a whole lot of our reality. And in so doing, we've we've not created a sustainable reality at all. We have to get the sustainable reality because if we don't, we're going to kill our planet. So, Gary, so, the, the rate the rate that people throwing out their iPhone or cell phone sooner or later, we have we can actually go and mine all the precious material from the landfills because if yeah. there are millions of dollars in there, can you imagine how many cell phones that we can recover and actually put these fungus into work? Yeah, it's like, see, the thing I love about the technology that's going on out there right now is they're coming up with ways to make this, you know, to make things work from a more, quote-unquote, natural point of view. 
But is it really natural, or is it just that we never bother to look at what nature offers? And it's like, you know what? We're on a planet that has a sense of its own balance, but we try to unbalance it all the time. And the thing is, if you're going to do benevolent capitalism, then what you'll start to do is look at what is actually possible that would be within the balance of nature instead of what would what would create something that's not going to work for you in the long run. So, so I'm, I'm thrilled with this conversation. I don't know a whole lot of people will hate me for it, but I don't care. So, Gary, with, with um, this conversation about benevolent capitalism... Um, one of the things we've found is as soon as, as soon as we start talking about it, again, people tend to go into immediate judgment of capitalism as either really good and it's the saviour of the world or it's really bad and it's the scourge of the world. And benevolence is about doing good to everyone um, and also um, from a superior position, making sure that others are brought up by their bootstraps to our level so that no one's you know, less equitable than anyone else. And philanthropy. And the philanthropy is all of that. So this whole notion of um, even looking to start from the space of benevolent capitalism, how would you suggest that people get over any points of view they've got about what it is or what it isn't? Well, first of all, you've got to look at it and go, so how many of the definitions I have of benevolence are actually true and real, and how many of them are the things that are designed to create judgment? You know, it's like the majority of things that have to do with benevolence are about judgment. It's how where you have to choose to see yourself as superior. To be benevolent, you have to see yourself as as, as greater, and um, and and is that really true? Whereas the original meaning for benevolence was something quite different. Yeah. Do you have that? I think we looked it up at some point. I don't remember. Yeah, we were looking at it. It was, again, doing no harm and taking into account um, everything that was was around you. It, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's more yeah, and the thing is, we need to take into account okay. everything around us and everything that's actually possible. Mm. I like your definition, Gary, about benevolent is about doing no damage, doing no intentional damage, yeah. and also well, to create sustainable future. Yeah, because it's like, you know, it's like one of the things that was interesting, there was uh, in Oklahoma, they did this thing where they actually, they wanted to mine uranium, and it was on Indian land, so they confiscated the Indian land so they could take the uranium out. As they did, they left uh, this giant scar in the in the lands of the Indians, and then as soon as they took all the uranium they wanted out, they gave it back. And it's like a whole new position of the idea of Indian giver. But they literally, instead of seeing what was choice and possibility there, they looked at how they could take what they needed and then not have to deal with it. And we actually talked to the company one time because, I've, you know, some of us have done some work on lands that have been, for lack of a better word, raped. And it's like, and change them. And in so doing, we thought maybe we could help this land for these Indians. And the company didn't even want to talk to us because their point of view, we've done the cleanup what we're required to do. 
We've done the cleanup we're required to do. How much of what people choose is based on the, what they're required to do instead of what they can do. And so you've got to look, if you're going to have benevolent capitalism, you've got to look at not just what you're required to do, but what you can do. It can be greater than that. It's like I see that there are so many places where one could very easily, um, where one could very easily see that by doing something slightly different that you would actually create somebody else's business by helping them with what you're doing. Doing what you're doing, but taking the parts that you're not interested in doing and give those to somebody else to create a business with. And yet most people won't do that. They go, well, we'll, we'll deal with this later. We'll clean up, clean this up later. We'll do this later. And it's like, that's the thing that's going to change here because Intentional harm is not being aware of what could change today that would create a greater possibility tomorrow. And that's the thing that's always difficult for me. So, so most organizations at the moment is just looking for short-term profit, and they think that they can fix the damage that they have done later on. If they can get the short-term profit first, then they can actually do things like, uh, you know, give donation to organization to clean up or, or buy land or something like that to make it better. So it's like short-term, fix it later. Can you talk about short-term and fix it? Well, the thing about short-term is when you, it's like the difficulty with most capitalism is based on short-term profit, greatest return for the, you know, for the least amount of difficulty. So one of the, you know, like in the movie Avatar, the, guy that was head of the company there said the only thing that the stockholders hate worse than wiping out indigenous people is a bad bottom line. Well, it's like if all of us started to look from not what is the bottom line, but what is the possibility that we can create here, we started to look from the creative aspect, then we would create a sustainable future. Because right now we're using up things as rapidly as possible. We're not taking what we use and using it to create something that will make it better in the future. We've got to include the aspect of the future. And this is the thing that benevolent capitalism does. It looks to the future, not just to the present, and not basing it on the past and what we did in the past that created certain things. One of the great conversations that we had, Gary, was about what is the target of benevolent capitalism. And... Um, and the, the conversation we had around there was to create a world that is sustainable, a world that will continue to grow and expand far beyond what currently is. The interesting thing to me with that conversation is that doesn't just rely, that, that doesn't just uh, apply to business. It applies to everyone's life. What if we actually, as an individual, created a world that was sustainable, our world in the, in the, in the parts that we work in and that we live in, and that our world continues to grow and expand far beyond what, what it currently is, whether or not we have a business. And that, to me, is a different conversation also. So it's not just about these magical, mystical entities called corporations. It's about the magical, mystical entities of us as individuals. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Absolutely, because the thing is, it's like what I see people doing is they prepare for retirement. I'm going to put this away today or I'm going to do this today so that I can retire. 
And it's like I look at it and I go, okay, so retirement means what to you? And it's so interesting because most of the time when I ask what does retirement mean, people say, well, then I don't have to do anything. And I look at them and I go, would you really like a life in which you didn't have to do anything? And they go, no. Okay, so why would you make that your target? You've got to get clear about what your target is. What are you doing this for? Why are you doing this? What actually works for you? What would make everything easier for you? Rather than what do I need to do? What do I want to do? How do I want this to work? And, you know, and they are really, they are really, you know, it's like they really do not have a clue what they're trying to create as their future. It's like to retire is the target or the goal. But for most of these people, they don't really want to retire. They want to be able to do something that's going to work for them in a slightly different way, but they're not even sure what that is. What would it yeah, take to recognize what you're capable of and what you'd like to create as the future? And most people don't do it. Yeah, when people talk about retirement, it's almost like they've, uh, they've closed the door on the future and they're now just winding down to what they've already decided their life's going to be like. No, they've already decided what their future death is going to be. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like once you go into retirement, they're, they're, not creating, they're not creating the future at all. It's just waiting to die, basically. Yeah, it's like, why would you spend your life creating to die? I don't get that. But most people who actually live don't get that. And it's like, the, you know, creation for death is pretty much what everybody's programmed to choose here. And it's like, and even businesses, I mean, one of the things I noticed is most businesses die or pretty much self-destruct within 72 years. That's the average lifespan of a person. How does a business end up with that as its, quote-unquote, end result? Yeah. And, and is that because the, no one really seriously looking at how to create a future for themselves, let alone create a sustainable future for the world? Is that why the people don't really take it seriously or uh, being aware that they could do or be a contribution to actually change the world because they're going to die anyway and they're not creating the future for themselves. Is that the reason? Or what do you think why people well, don't care I, now? Well, you know, from my perspective, what I see is they're, you know, it's like the, the one thing, you know, it's like the one thing that's, can, you know, the one thing that's actually true is that people actually don't look to create their future. They create a future that they decide should be rather than realizing, okay, so energe- the only way you can actually have a future is to look at the energetics of it, which is why this, the reason I say is that if you do this from the point of view of, okay, what's this going to create, you know, what's this going to create in, you know, 25 years, 50 years, 100 years, 500 years, it's like you cannot define what that is but you can perceive the energy of it because your perception and your sense of future and your sense of possibility and and what can be is way more astute than anybody tells you you're capable of. Kind of sad. 
One, one of, the, uh, one of the, the most powerful things, I think, about this conversation about benevolent capitalism is, is, the, is the notion, is the awareness that if you, can, if you choose a continuous interaction with the growth of the future, then that can really contribute to the possibilities in the world in ways that we can't even uh, imagine. So as an individual, if we're saying, well, how can I continuously interact with the growth of the future? The, the, the really cool thing about that is that you, are, you haven't already defined what the future should be. You're continuously growing, continuously changing, looking at what is the growth of the future. It's not an end point. It's a continuous growing of. And that, that just puts a whole different slant on how you look at both your business, but also what it is that you're, you're choosing into the future as an individual. What do you find with people when they look at the future? What, what do you find the, the traps that people fall into when, when they're well, encouraged to look most at the future? go, so what's that going to look like? Yeah. It's like, and it's like look, what it looks like doesn't have anything to do with what it's going to be like. And you've got to guess that it's a being of the future. It's not a looking at the future. And most people want to know that they can define it or they don't want to choose it. And unfortunately, that's not the way it works. But we can come back to this. We've got to go to a break now. So we'll be back with you all in, uh, in a couple of minutes. Thanks, everybody, for joining us on Voice of America, the Empowerment Network, and Access Consciousness. We'll be back with you. Thanks. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Hey, everybody, this is Dr. Dane here, and I would like to invite you to an adventure in being. I've just written and finished a new book known as Being You, Changing the World. Are you one of those dreamers? One of those people who's always known that other possibilities should be available but haven't yet been able to see them be created? Well, I wrote this book for you. In it, you'll find tools, processes, and unique perspectives to change the things you've always wanted to change but didn't know how. In it, you'll find an invitation to a different possibility for a way that we can be in this world that changes not only our lives, but by being us, allows us to contribute to changing everything planet-wide that doesn't work. Are you aware that truly great people, truly being them, is the only thing that has ever created a great change on this planet? Are you willing to step up? Are you willing to be one? Check out a copy of my new book, Being You, Changing the World. I invite you to go to beingyoubook.com for a free gift. When you're pondering the big questions like, is there more than this? How can I have a happy relationship? What would it take to like my body? And how do I make more money? Where do you go for information and tools? Check out the online store at accessconsciousness.com. AccessConsciousness.com has books, DVDs, instant video and audio downloads, online classes, and so much more. Subjects include abuse, changing your body, recovery, raising children, business techniques, tools to generate more money, how to have better sex and healthier relationships, just to name a few. At AccessConsciousness.com, you can also find facilitators who teach local classes on a variety of subjects. 
accessconsciousness.com, your one-stop shop for tools to assist you in changing your life. All of life comes to us with ease, joy, and glory. Go to accessconsciousness.com to learn more. Build a better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You are tuned in to Access Consciousness. To join in on the discussion today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to va at accessconsciousness.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to world. Welcome back, everybody. It's Gary with my guest, Eva Chutissa. Hello, everyone. Being here. It's like... This is this is such a different conversation than most people ever have, and it's like, and it's going to be interesting when we do our Google Hangout in two hours. That should be fun. Do you have any idea how anybody finds that? Um, they access consciousness dot com. <laughs> so yeah, it's I don't have it in front of me at the moment. So if if you go into accessconsciousness dot com. And if you look under Gary Douglas class, you'll find it. There's a link there. We've got nearly, I think we've got nearly 2,000 people booked in for that call in about 45 minutes. Hey, awesome. I'm sort of, I'm, 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 I, 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 I'm going to get nervous. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) I like to see that. (laughs) (laughs) So one of the things, um, one of the things that we, we often find when we're talking p- with people is that we start talking about creating possible futures that might perhaps be, and and they immediately try to get into, like you said before, what will that look like, and therefore try and, from once they've already decided what a future would look like, work backwards from there about what they need to do now, whereas the notion of benevolent capitalism is always you know growing with the future not trying to create it in the in the form that you've already decided it should be. What do you think, Gary, people can actually do to 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 be the future, to work with themselves and also their own organizations to actually create a sustainable future without falling into the trap of trying to visualize what the damn thing's gonna look like? Well I think you have to go to the question of what will what will create this this business, this organization, this stuff as something that is sustainable in the future. Like with access, it's like I had the point of view that Dane would take over and and do everything that I do. And then I discovered that he actually had no desire to do that. I went, uh-oh, I've been functioning from an erroneous point of view that he wants to take over what I do. And it's like, no, that's just ridiculous. So it's like for me, I look at every day I go, okay, what can I, what can I do or be different today that would destroy and uncreate everything this business was yesterday? Because if you destroy and uncreate what your business was yesterday, then you're in a constant state of creation. And that's the difficulty I see most people choose. It's sort of like when you, uh, you know, when you guys talked about the, the people who, when I talked about the businesses shutting down in 72 years, 
like Kodak is right about in that time range. Kodak was one of the biggest businesses on the you know in the nation based on its film, and then it ignored digital you know digital photography because it assumed that everybody would prefer film. You never want to assume anything because that makes out an ass out of you and me. But you got to be willing to recognize, okay, what's really possible here that I haven't considered? And that place of the question. I know in your book, uh, No More Business As Usual, uh, Chutissa, you talked about that with Kodak and how they you know, lost it because of an unwillingness to see something that was changing. And Gary, with with this example of Kodak, it's a good example of when someone have the rightness of their point of view and the fixed point of view that they have it right already. And they were not willing to receive anything outside that point of view that they're already perfect and right because they're the greatest company in you know in in their industry. Would you like to talk a bit about when people have the rightness? and see that they have it right already. They're not willing to receive anything. And Kodak and uh, HMV and Blockbuster, they're all great examples of companies that thinks that they, they are right and they don't need to change with yeah, the time. They, they thought they had the answer. And it's like everybody has been taught if you get the right answer, everything will work forever. But it's like it's not about the right answer. It's about the right question. What question can I be or have here today that would change all of this right away? And it's like literally if you start asking that question, it's like you start looking at, oh, this is not working, this is not working, this is not working. I did that with Access years ago. It's like, I went, okay, so this is not working. It's not growing the way it could. What do I need to do or be different? And one of the things I became aware of is that I had these facilitators who were supposed to do bars, foundation, and level one. And 90% of the people who were doing foundation level one didn't want to do the bars. They hated it. So I went, okay, you know what? I'm going to divide the bars off and make them a thing of their own. And I did. And it's like, and I took that out of the equation. The other thing, for years, people have said you have to, you have to be, you have to get people to pay you for what you created or it will never grow. And I went, wait a minute. It's like I was at the time taking a commission from them, and then when their students went on to my classes, I would pay them a commission back. And I discovered in the long run that I was spending as much time trying to create the data around collecting the information and the data around returning the information that I was actually losing money in the process. I went, you know, this is crazy. I'm doing this based on somebody else's point of view. And that's the one thing you got to be willing to see is when you're creating something based on somebody else's point of view. And if you create anything from somebody else's point of view, it cannot succeed. And nobody wants to know that. Uh, so how do people know when they're creating from someone else's point of view? Well, when you're creating from your point of view, you're always looking at, okay, there's, you know, it's like, it's like if you're at all smart, you'll go, okay, so this is good, and what would it take for this to increase? And that would be capitalism, looking for what it would take to increase it. That's not about who do I have to screw, who do I have to take advantage of, who do I have to out-manipulate, who do I have to out-do. you know, do. It's about what 
could I create here? Hmm. And, if, and, and, and you look at the examples of the great capitalists that didn't buy into Milton Friedman's definition of capitalism, which was um, the only reason for a corporate to exist is to make profit for its shareholders. That, that was when capitalism started to fall off the perch of actually being a contribution to the world. But if you actually go back to where capitalism started from, which was creating a bigger difference in the world, a greater difference in the world that looks at connecting things that were otherwise unconnected, um, then it starts to bring a different view of how we can actually be benevolent capitalists. What if we actually were functioning from no point of view, we were functioning from there are connections to everything if only we're willing to see it and and overarching all of that and doing no intentional harm in all of this, wow, what change would that make in the conversations we have around corporate America, corporate Australia, around the world? It's almost like if they're willing to ask what else is possible throughout every day of their business life or an every day of living for us, everything will change and transform with ease. Look, example of Kodak and um, Black Blockbuster and HMV, I don't think they even ask to the last minute before they shut the door what else is possible. Is that true, do you think, Gary? No, they, they, their point of view was, okay, so what, what can we do to make this right? Mm. How can we fix it? So too it's late. all about fixing it and yeah. fixing it when it's too late. It's too late. Once you ask the question, what can we do to fix this, you're too late. Yeah. You have not. See, benevolent capitalism would be a place where you're always in question of what you're creating and what else might be possible with what you could create. Which, by its very uh, explanation, is innovation on steroids. Yeah, exactly. Because you never come to the conclusion that it's supposed to look like or act like or be like a certain thing. You come to the awareness of, oh, what is possible that I haven't considered or even thought was possible. And they couldn't even ask that question once they get into conclusion that they have it right. Well, it's like the difficulty is they had it right, but they kept trying to figure out why their statistics were not, you know, why their, their market share was falling off. So they tried to blame who was, you know, causing it trying to find the blame, trying to find a way to lessen their expenses as though that's going to keep open the door to possibility. Lessening expenses is one of the greatest things I see people do that destroy their business. You don't want to lessen your expenses. You want to increase your productivity. Yeah, Chutissa was asked to write an article about six months ago on uh, tips for uh, managing and reducing your expenses in tough times. She yeah. said, sure, I can write that. She wrote an article that said, forget about reducing expenses. How about increasing revenue? <laughs> <laughs> and I bet they loved the article and hated the fact that it wasn't what they asked for. Yeah, they published it because I thought this is a very different view of uh, reducing expenses. Wow, we never thought of increasing revenue. <laughs> yeah, but that's the whole idea. Is like in capitalism, the whole idea is to increase your revenue. So it's not about just reducing expenses. People are always saying, well, you're paying this person too much. And I go, no, I'm not. They go, but, but you're paying them too much. And I go, no, I'm not. Well, how, but, but, but you're paying them so much. Yeah, and what are they producing? 
you're not looking at what they're producing. You're looking at how much you're paying them. You never want to look at what you're paying somebody. You want to look at what they're producing. Because if you look at what somebody's producing, you know not to, you know, stop their flows. You know how to create more to create more for them and you. And that's a whole different universe. And that's a whole different conversation. One we'll have on our, you know, on our Google Hangout thing in the next few months. So if any of you have any interest in joining us, it would be really fun to have you do it. I think it'll be an amazing an amazing talk, an amazing conversation, and for a whole lot of you, it'll help you with your business and growing it, making something different, and creating something with greater possibility. And to let you all know, we're trying to get things together so that we can have uh, you know, a special where we send you all the clearings. We won't have many uh, shows like this one where we just talk, but on the shows where we do clearings and stuff, we'll actually send a download of those for you to play on a loop uh, all the time. And we'll be charging $5 because the majority of people said $5. Actually, that's not quite true. The majority of them said $5 is a good idea, but $4.99 will probably sell to more people. So we're going to go for the $5 and see how many of you actually want that in the future. And we'll be having that up and out within the next uh, few weeks. So stay tuned. And if that sounds like something you're interested in, please you know, contact us and let us know. And... Uh, so we're down to the last minute of our show, and you know what, Steve Chutissa, thank you so much for being on this with me. And it's like, and I hope this has inspired people to go to our Google Hangout and see what that's all about, because I think there's a whole lot of great stuff here. Because you know what, you are the business of your life, whether you're in business or not. You're the business of creating your life. Please, everybody, recognize that. Choose something different if you want to. So welcome to our world, everybody, where, you know, it's like I tweak Stephen Chutes' universe as often as I can, and they tweak mine. So thank you guys for being on. I'm very grateful. It's our pleasure to be able to have this conversation and to share it with people who might be interested in, you know, creating a sustainable future. And cool. thank you, Gary. See you in an hour time on the Google Hangout. Thank you. Love you all. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for everybody for joining us and welcome to our world where all things are possible. We appreciate you joining us this week for Access Consciousness, the radio show. To find out more about Access Consciousness, please visit our website at accessconsciousness.com. Be sure to come back next Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time for another edition of our show with Gary Douglas and Dr. Dane here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have an excellent week. Welcome to the world.